0: Welcome to Bitch Talk. Booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Aaron. Shar is uh, producing today. We're off-site at uh, the. Well, can I say that, Shar? Sure. Okay. Can I? <laughs> is it the the Wharton School of Business? Yes, it's, it's uh, I guess it's officially called uh, Wharton, San Francisco. Wharton, San Francisco. I feel um, so cool and like I should get my master's now. Uh, you can find us at BitchTalkPodcast.com. You can also find us every Monday morning from 5.30 to 6 on BFF.FM. Speaking of BFF.FM, I have the, are you officially the founder, director, CEO, badass, <laughs> bitch... Of BFF Amanda Guess, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> all, I like all, all of those. those. Yeah,
1: <laughs> officially, I'm the founder and general manager. Okay, um, which general manager is more of a radio term for uh, executive director?
0: Right. Um, we started on BFF earlier this year because. It just made sense. And that uh, BFF.FM is a locally based San Francisco, if you didn't know that, um, streaming radio station. And it just seemed like the perfect fit because it is run by a woman and founded by a woman. And um, I like what y'all do over there. And it seemed like you liked Bitch Talk, and it seemed (laughs) relevant. Um, So we've been proud to uh, be on the BFF.FM streaming network. And um, I wanted to bring in Amanda because there's a lot going on with BFF right now. There is a lot going on. (laughs) But I want to kind of lay the groundwork about BFF. Um, BFF started in 2013. Is that correct? Yep. Our
1: first uh, day on air was September 1st, 2013.
0: Wow. And in the secret alley, the space Mm -hmm. called the secret alley.
1: Yes. We're in a magical art space in the Mission District, one of a dying breed. Um, In fact, I was at a party one time and someone came up to me and said, Places
0: like this don't exist anymore,
1: and I was like, uh, "You're here, right?
0: <laughs> but like, you're standing right in it, yeah. yeah." How did you find the secret alley? Because it's called the secret alley. So, how do you? How does one find that?
1: Well, I actually connected with some of the people who originally built the secret alley back in two thousand five. Um, but, but I met them on the internet okay. uh, around oh. 2010. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh-huh. My San Francisco story begins on Twitter uh, because I joined Twitter at the urging of a friend of mine who was like, oh, this platform's perfect for you. I had done a lot of blogging and writing in the past, so mm-hmm. he thought, you know, this will be a great outlet. And when I joined, one of the first, you know, when you like first joined Twitter and they say like, follow, do you remember? Yes. Yeah.
0: Kind of. I was like, it was God, long- it feels so long ago. Maybe. Yeah, follow these. I mean, it still does that. It prompts you to follow people. Yeah. yeah.
1: So when I first joined, it was like, you know, follow these people. And so most of the people that they told you to follow were in San Francisco since right. that's where Twitter is. And one of the people that it told me to follow was Mike Montero. And so I started following him, and I kind of didn't realize he was kind of a big deal on Twitter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you don't know. Yeah, it's like you're new to a platform. You don't know, like, what's going on. And so my first week on Twitter, I, like tweeted a joke at him in response to something he tweeted and then he retweeted it, which again, I'm like, what is that? Right. Um, But next thing you know, I'm just like getting all of these followers and my friend that invited me to be on Twitter emailed me super jealous. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> he was like, I've been on here for three months trying to get this person's attention. And here you, you are. You come on and tweet one stupid joke in your first week, and <laughs> he followed me. And like, anyway, so um, I feel like that's like a very San Francisco origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from there, I started connecting with more and more people from San Francisco. Um, among them was Alan, who uh, writes Mission Mission, yep. the hyperlocal mission blog. Mm-hmm. And he. Um, you know, he invited me to come and hang out in the mission. And one of the people that he introduced me to was Ariel Dovas, who now works at Baycat. But he was one of the founding members of the Secret Alley. And so he and I started a relationship where I was working for a media tech publisher and I would send him books for his Baycat students. And then um, when eventually we moved here, I was like, all right, I have to see the Secret Alley in person. And mm-hmm. um, my first visit to the Secret Alley It was even cooler than I imagined it to be. There weren't really a lot of photos of it online, so a lot of it was kind of just going by imagination, but it was just this really amazing place, unlike anything I'd ever seen before, and they just happened to have a studio with a for rent sign in the window, and so I was just like, okay, I have to do this, and at the time, I had been thinking about starting a community radio station. Um, Just because
0: you had, like, all this extra time and... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And all these friends that were DJs, no. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, it's kind of funny because I'm, like, such a late bloomer in life, and so... Uh yeah, late bloomers <laughs> late. are the best.
0: Late bloomer, blooming. Yeah, that's me.
1: So uh, you know, I was like already in my mid thirties and had never really lived anywhere outside of the East Coast where I grew up. And so when I was thinking about moving to San Francisco, like I you know of course you just start daydreaming like what could my life be if I could just do whatever I wanted with this opportunity. And one of the things I always dreamed about was starting a community radio station. And um, yeah, and then basically that's kind of how it all came together. I just saw this space, thought this would be the most crazy space to put a community radio station. There'd be no other station in the world like this. And uh, and then from there, like I felt like the artfulness and creativity of the space really kind of helped me um, think through like what kind of community I wanted to build and what kind of people I would want it to attract, and then you know fast forward to. Ten months ago when we met, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that was really great because that was one of those moments where I knew what you were doing and I had listened to Bitch Talk and thought it was really cool. And so when I got the email, it was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you. It's funny when people actually listen because I mean, as you know, you're on you're on the radio and you're like, yeah, maybe someone's listening, and then you start meeting people and they're like, yeah, we like what you do. You're like. You listen, you know? I mean, we see the numbers totally, but you you have no idea really who your who your audience really is. So exactly. Thank you.
1: Yeah, what, I was at a party one time and uh, met these people for the first time and they were like, oh, we were like, you know, asking like, who are you and what do you do and where are you from and what are you into? And one of them said, oh, you know what's really cool if you like music? BFF.FM. And I was just <laughs> like, shut up.
0: Y'all, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. It's totally mine. Um. So, so 2013, you see the for Rent signs at Secret Alley. And so... How does the community radio BFF start? Um, and how did it get its name?
1: So it started at uh, Thieves Tavern <laughs> on 14th Street.
0: Did I tell you that Bitch Talk started at a bar also? No. <laughs> not the, not Thieves Tavern, which I love, but yes.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, best uh, ideas come out of a bar. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine um, was bartending... At Thieves Tavern, actually, it's a Luke who goes by the Early Bird and is one of the hosts of Roll Over Easy, which is our morning program about right. San Francisco. Um, but he was uh, bartending every Wednesday at Thieves, and so a group of people would get together every afternoon, and we would just work from home from the bar. Yeah, and
0: sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm not going to throw my fiance under the under the bus, but sounds familiar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it was great, like you know we'd all just be lined up at the bar with our laptops and working on stuff and that was where I actually wrote like essentially a manifesto about um, I had seen the space and I was like I want to rent this space I want to create this station this is what I would want the station to represent these are the kind of people that I would want it to attract Mm -hmm. these are the sort of shows we would have this this is what I would want it to do for the community and I wrote all that down um, at, while drinking gin and tonics Yeah. and then where the name came from was actually Alan from Mission Mission was one of the people that was uh, working from home at the bar <laughs> and I had also created a document that was kind of a brain dump of you know all of my feelings about radio station names And what I would want the name to contain and what I would want it to not be. And basically, it boiled down to I wanted, even though we were an online station, I wanted it to be focused on letters so that it would be evocative of call letters. Mm. And then I wanted it to be really positive. You know, there's like so many stations that are just like, you know, based on some like really angry, um, like verb or noun Mm -hmm. and i wanted something that was like more cuddly Mm -hmm. and and, you know like just something that was like positive and like not threatening Mm -hmm. and gentle um and (laughs) uh and then i want also wanted to it the name to kind of um embody this idea of like people coming together Mm -hmm. and so at one point alan was like okay what about bff where the middle f is frequencies. Mm. And I was like no way. <laughs> it's like that is too precious. Mm-hmm. I was really worried that if if I named the station BFF, people would think it was like for teenage girls. <laughs> and um and so it was funny because you know I was just like absolutely not. But then I wrote it down and then it was one of those things. I guess this happens sometimes like I would come up with other ideas, mm-hmm. but then I'd think, yeah, but it's like but BFF like, kind of nails it, mm-hmm. even though it's totally not what I want. It nails it. And I, it was like I was talking myself out of it again and again. And then eventually I was like, all right, <laughs> this is it. This wow. is definitely the best one.
0: All right. I like that. It came out of a bar. Perfect. Just like Bitch Talk. <laughs> um, I guess you were living here in San Francisco, but why start it in SF? I mean... When you think about rents and you think about culture and art even in 2013 stuff was happening then so why keep it in San Francisco I, I'm just crazy <laughs> <laughs> I asked the same question to Char why stay here yeah. but um yeah why yeah when why and how
1: <laughs> when we moved to San Francisco um rent had jumped a month between the time that we had made the commitment to move and had actually set foot on the ground and started looking for apartments. But it was kind of just like at that point, it was what I wanted to do. And I was just going to, you know, try to make it work in some way. And for me, um, San Francisco always represented a place where really cool adults lived Mm -hmm. (laughs) i had (laughs) i had been to san francisco when i was 12 on a family trip and it was this like epic three week long vacation with my family we flew into san francisco and we flew out of la and we basically did san francisco to disneyland and so much california in between right and uh, even though i was just a kid and there wasn't really a lot for kids in san francisco The city always really appealed to me. I just thought it was this magical, beautiful place. And um, the adults that we... we, My dad had an old army buddy that showed us around. And he took us through Chinatown, which, looking back, it felt like it was the middle of the night. But it probably was only like eight. (laughs) What
0: time of year was this? It was the fall. It might have been six o'clock at night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, And then he... uh, my, my dad's friend had this like huge gold Cadillac and he drove oh. us down Lombard Street like <laughs> way too fast. And so we're like screaming around the corners in this right. Cadillac. And so to me, San Francisco was just this like adult playground mm-hmm. that was just so cool and beautiful. And it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to come back to San Francisco and experience it as an adult and see if it lived up to that fantasy that I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, around uh, 2008, 2009, the company I was working for started sending me out to San Francisco for work trips. And lo and behold, it, it lived up to, to what I had always thought. Um, and at the time, I was working on game development books. And so I was coming out here for GDC, the Game Developers Conference. And so I'd wind up at all these like really crazy game parties and so I was seeing that like sort of like geeky techy, artful side of San Francisco and I was like yeah this is exactly what I thought San Francisco would be like as an adult and this is where I want to be and the reason I despite the rent and everything else I really wanted to make this work here. Is because you know I'm from the East Coast, and I don't know if you know this, but we tend to be a little uptight. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've heard rumors. Yeah, it's yeah. great for stuff like this because I showed up right on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were so, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, back in, in Massachusetts where I'm from, if whenever I would have like a really crazy idea of some creative project I wanted to do, people would always be kind of like, "Why?" like, why would you want to do that? Or automatically, and this is like a very like New England, I call it filled to the brim with good old fashioned New England pessimism, Mm -hmm. because you're always just like trying to prepare for the worst so that you can like get through anything. Mm -hmm. So when I'd come up with a new creative idea, my friends would always be like, well, what if this doesn't work out? What about that? Or like, why why would you do that? And then there'd always be this kind of like, good luck with that, Mm -hmm. at the end of it. And I just found when I was coming out here to San Francisco, I started meeting new people, and people were really friendly and open, and when I'd talk about creative things I wanted to do, people would be like, oh, that sounds awesome, you should do that, or I wanna help. Or if the person couldn't or didn't wanna help, they'd say, you know, I'm not into that, but I know this other person, you should connect with them. Mm -hmm. And I just found that it was so much easier to um, To get things off the ground here just because there was that sense of like, oh yeah, you want to do something cool and creative? Awesome. We right. have people here that can help you.
0: And we didn't talk about your background in radio on the East Coast. We should probably talk about that because were you in college radio and community or?
1: I was just at my college radio station an embarrassingly long time. <laughs> 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 I joined when I was 17 okay. and I left... When I was 35, like, yeah, I guess I left when I moved to San Francisco. So you loved it. Yeah, I loved it. And my relationship with the station changed at like throughout um, my time there. You know, I started off being a freshman and just was, you know, a student and just trying to figure all of this stuff out started because I really wanted to be like a cool person on the radio and then really fell in love with indie rock and indie music and discovering new sounds. And that really became my driving force for doing radio was to give these unknown bands a chance Mm -hmm. and, you know, try to connect them with new listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I did take some time off for a little while. And when I came back, suddenly I wasn't a student anymore. I was a community member, uh, which at my station, all of the community members were like 65 plus men. <laughs> and so it was really funny when I rolled in and I was just like, hey, I'm in your co- cohort now. Right. <laughs> I'm one of you. Um, but the, at, when I came back, I had been listening to my station and it, it had changed a lot over the years. And the kids were playing less underground music and playing more like top 40. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to be like the cool adults that showed them that there was actually like really cool music they could be playing that other places weren't playing Mm -hmm. because to me you know there's enough top 40 out there and enough commercial stations and a little tiny you know 130 watt station isn't going to compete with that so why not present something that's totally fresh and new and different and and can you know build an audience and um how
0: did that go over
1: It went over okay. I don't
0: the kids into it, or they're like whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Well, I think I always say that this is like the highlight of my time in college radio. (laughs) I was um, because I was doing this show. I was like well into my thirties at this point, and there were these three college boys that would sit in their dorm room every Friday night and listen to my show and eat ice cream and talk about their feelings. (laughs) (laughs) And then they would.
0: (laughs) But how did you know this? Were they They calling in?
1: Yeah, they would call me, and they'd be like. Oh Amanda that song was so cool. You're so cool. Aww. And I was just like oh my god I can die now. Yeah. But luckily I didn't. Yeah, luckily <laughs> you didn't.
0: Do you keep in touch with them? Did they move to San Francisco? Who are these kids? Yeah. <laughs>
1: have you Have you kept tabs on them? Yeah, they're all doing like East Coast, New England
0: stuff. Oh, yeah. bankers. All I imagine is like a tie and going <laughs> to work. I don't know. They should um never mind. Um <laughs> we should move out here. We need more sensitive men. Um Do you want the station to stay in San Francisco?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I can't really... I've thought about this a lot because, you know, uh, a lot of people... A lot of our DJs are moving to Oakland. And a lot of, like, cool cultural things are moving to Oakland. And we've taken some steps towards Oakland. We did a summer uh, concert series called Mush in Jack London Square. And I love Oakland. I love what's going on in the music scene there. I feel like... Um, hopefully things can stay, um, sustainable enough for people there that, that the music scene can continue to grow and thrive the way it has been. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm, I'm San Francisco or bust. And, you know, if we ever moved BFF to another location, I think it would be in addition to what we already have.
0: Got it. So second station. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Secondary location station. Um, how do you find your DJs and how did you curate Mush? How we find our
1: DJs um, is basically just through word of mouth and um, through occasionally we'll put out a call if we have a specific time slot that needs filling or for trying to find a particular genre. But we actually have a pretty steady stream of people that apply on our website. And usually, how I choose when it's time to fill a time slot is by the person that has the most unique or divergent point of view related to music than what we've already, um, have represented on the schedule. And that's worked out really well for just building this really, uh, eclectic and diverse group of people on the station. Uh, originally the station started with a couple of my friends from Massachusetts actually, who, uh-huh. uh, had, I had done college radio with for years, but they all had graduated to, you know, purchasing a bunch of fancy podcast equipment and uh, recording stuff in their spare rooms or their garages. And so I tapped those friends and said, Hey, could you help me out by making some content for the site just while we're up and running? And uh, lo and behold, like two of those shows are still running now, six years later. So that, that always kind of cracks me up because it was like very much meant to be a temporary thing, but it's like great to have them continue to be part of the community for sure. And then Uh, also kind of fascinating, uh, to me at the time I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to start this community radio station. And I couldn't believe how many of the people I had met in San Francisco had been college radio DJs in the past Mm -hmm. and we had just never talked about it. Mm -hmm. So all (laughs) of a sudden all these people just started kind of coming out of the woodwork. And so that's how we kind of fleshed out the very early schedule, which was, we had one show per day of the week. And it was 6 to 8 p.m. and that was it. Okay. And then um, as we basically just started growing from there, so then we started filling out, um, you know, 4 to 6 and 8 to 10. And uh, then we were written up in the Bold Italic. And at the time, you know, the Bold Italic had, it was like 7 million hits a month or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it was that was crazy because they told me about when the article was going to drop But then it just dropped. Okay. And the way I found out was my phone just started blowing up with (laughs) DJ applications. In okay. the first hour after the article went live, we had 20 DJ applications, and that's actually where we got most of our DJs for the first couple of years, was me just working through this backlog of bold italic readers.
0: <laughs> You're like, oh, sure, sure, you read you read about us, you know what yeah. we're about. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then if you wanted to talk about Mush, because I didn't know much about it until I started getting the emails and, and knowing what was happening, and you were doing the the series over at Jack London, which was cool, so if you want to talk about that a little bit, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, with So in addition to being a radio station, we also try to produce events, particularly concerts, around the Bay Area. And we have two flagship events that we do. One of them is our Besties Bash, and that's held at our station once a month. And that is just amazing to me because um, it's curated by one of our DJs, DJ Space Abuela. Mm-hmm. And they just find the kindest and gentlest people (laughs) to come in and play and the great thing about that event is we pretty much just say okay we're going to do this once a month no matter what we have a small stage we put out a few chairs and then we pay um, pay each band a flat amount Mm -hmm. and we're kind of just like you get 20 to 30 minutes do whatever cool and it's been really cool to be able to give bands that kind of uh, no strings attached access to creativity, and some really magical things have come out of that. Just because, um, you know, we're not we're not telling the bands, oh, and you have to bring eighty people and you have to sell this many drinks, and we're just kind of like, hey, show up, play this with us, you know, do do what you want. And so, you know, we've had um, like one band, for example, a sore was just about to go into the studio to record their new album and they got up on stage and they said um so we're going to record an album this week and we were hoping we could get one last practice in (laughs) and everyone was just like great yeah
0: awesome. (laughs) and
1: started cheering and so they actually just went through and played their entire new album so this was like You know, 50 people in a room got to hear Soar's new album before anyone else, before they'd even recorded it. That's rad. I mean, that's crazy.
0: I want to, every time I get an email about you need bartenders for besties, it's always a day I can't do it. So one day I want to, I want to bartend. At besties, Yeah. Okay. If yes. possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy because we just hand out LaCroix. <laughs>
0: fine. I will do that. It's fine. That's it's, it's a dream job of mine. And then how did Mush come about? And how do you find the spaces to do that? Because you do it outside of the secret alley.
1: How Mush came about uh, was through the management company that does all of the marketing for Jack London Square. So okay. they used to produce one huge blowout concert a year. And they just found that they were spending a bunch of money on one um, on one concert, and it wasn't really building a lasting connection uh, between people in the space. And um, it, so and then this is like another one of those totally Bay Area San Francisco stories. The previous summer, we had done a partnership with Off the Grid at Fort Mason, mm-hmm. where we were curating their lineups on the first Fridays of every month. And then the person I was working with there moved on. But then they knew someone that worked for Jack London Square and that person was like, oh man, we're trying to like find an organization to partner with to do, to like, put together a whole series of concerts as opposed to one big concert. And then she called me up and said, hey, I heard about this opportunity. You know, what do you think? Would that be something that interests you? And we were just like, yes.
0: <laughs> so are you going to keep doing it for next year or just see what happens? or
1: Hopefully. Okay. At, we definitely got really great feedback from Jack London mm-hmm. and the businesses around us were really into it as well. We actually moved the event halfway through the season and we moved it to be right next to the ferry landing Smart. and there's a winery there. And we were really worried that we were going to be like bumming out the winery. Cause you know, <laughs> they have like an outdoor patio and then we'd show up, you know, every right. other week and set up this really loud concert. Uh, but they were super cool and uh, were, you know, all, they would let us use their restroom and they would uh, let us use their chairs. Mm-hmm. And we're really just like, how can we help keep this going? This is really cool. Yeah. And we saw, uh, week after week, more and more people showing up and enjoying it. So it was really great to, to be able to bring something like that to Oakland. And it was a similar thing where, again, you know, we were trying, you know, obviously we're trying to make uh, an event that people want to come to. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, for us, we're just like, you know, how many different kinds of bands can we put on a stage and um, and give them an opportunity to play something like this.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised the winery was cool. Oakland's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, Oakland <laughs> is so cool.
0: Businesses are cool. People are just chill. So it's a, it's a little, it's a different vibe over there.
1: Certainly when we were trying to, we had been talking about doing an outdoor event for a while, and we had looked into doing something in San Francisco, and there was a lot of different agencies we were going to need to get write off from and there's a lot of red tape mm-hmm. and so to be able to just roll into Oakland and they were like oh yeah permits sure we'll get those and it was such a seamless process it really it really made me feel great about Oakland yeah. i feel like the priorities uh particularly around the music scene are, are in the right place there for sure
0: yeah yeah especially since a lot of our artists have moved over there now and have kind of um staked their claim if they could you know in different places around there so um you're in a fundraising drive now. Um, what are the current goals of BFF.fm? What do you what do you see in the next few years? What are you hoping for? <laughs> how much money do you need? How all, do we How do we money. all give you the money?
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're right now we're in the midst of what we're calling our off air fundraiser. So we're doing a lot of uh, pre fundraising to build a matching fund. And then our official fundraiser will kick off on Giving Tuesday, which is on December 3rd. Okay. And we're going to be doing, um, um, it's, I, I don't want to call it a gala, because it's just not going to be that cool and fancy. <laughs> but we're having an event at our space at the Secret Alley, and we'll have music and uh, silent auction and hopefully some other surprises there on December 3rd. Um, and then we're trying to raise $15,000 before the end of the year. Uh, we have... A bunch of things that we're working on uh, that this money could go towards. The biggest things are if uh, if anyone who's listening uh, now is a regular BFF.fm FM listener, uh, sometimes you might notice that there's not always um, consistency between the different shows, the levels of um, you know of the audio. But we've been uh, purchasing equipment and taking steps towards making the whole station have a more unified sound Mm. so that the whole thing sounds more professional. And a big part of that was we, um, went are, are in the process of going through this big station imaging project where we're creating IDs and public service announcements and all of those things that you hear on normal radio stations that we've just never really done before. And so uh, we're doing a pilot program now where we have a group of IDs that the DJs are playing and we're already getting feedback from listeners saying like, Oh, every show sounds so professional now Mm. because they're hearing these little tags. So that's one of the big things that we're working on. Um, we have two other big projects that we're working on. One is to really uh, put more focus on the blog on our website. So we do have people that will regularly write content, but uh, but we want to you know get more content flowing, especially more content that uh, leads people to. Uh, discovering new music in san francisco and so we're hoping that if we if we raise uh the our fundraising goal we might be able to pay at least one person to write some articles for us and really keep that content fresh and flowing and then i think you probably know a little bit about this next one maybe i don't know Uh
0: Looking for podcasts? A pod- yeah. Yes.
1: So um, <clears throat> one of our our DJs, uh, Lily Sloan, who's a licensed therapist, she hosts. We used to have a podcast.
0: Yes. yes. She
1: used to host a, a, a Therapist Walks Into a Bar. Yes. And right now she's hosting Radical Advice on Tuesday mornings at 10. Uh, but she's actually winding down Radical Advice at the end of the year. And she's going to become a producer for BFF. And one of the things that we're working on is actually launching a podcast platform Mm -hmm. that's part of BFF. Mm -hmm. And certainly there'll be some crossover where we'll we'll probably have, you know, like, like Bitch Talk. We'd probably want to have Bitch Talk like on on the stream, but then also on this platform. Uh, But, you know it's similar to the way i felt when i started bff i look out at the pods the podcast landscape i
0: like the podscape the
1: (laughs) podscape
0: i like that just use it yeah
1: yeah Yeah, the podscape looking out of the over the podscape and uh and you know realizing that there are there seems to be a number of really cool san francisco-based podcasts out there but how do you discover them and why aren't we all hanging out together? Yes. And so I kind of want to create a place very similar to BFF, which is doing the same thing for people who are into music and radio, but for people who are into podcasts and producing uh, radio pieces. So we would basically be developing a platform for where those places could, could live, and then that would make it easier for all of us to promote those things together. And um, and Lily's going to head up the charge on that since wow. she's our resident uh, podcast expert.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you are doing a lot. And uh, I appreciate all the work you've put into BFF and having Bitch Talk on. And I'm hoping we can collaborate some more uh, going into 2020. Um, I think we all have ideas. Um, that we'd love to bring to BFF. But um, where can everyone find BFF and or find you, Amanda? If, if you want to be found. Yeah, I exist only on the... in the <laughs> Only on Twitter. Yeah, only
1: on Twitter. <laughs> and through your dog. Yeah, and through my dog. I have a really cute Boston Terrier yes, named too. Baxter. Mm-hmm. Um, he, You can find him on Instagram at itsquonky. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, I follow him. It's
1: like pretty much just a dog Instagram at this yep, point. yep. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, you can find me on BFF.FM. Um, I also have I DJ uh, in my spare time, whenever that is. <laughs>
0: like I don't know when you do that. But
1: uh, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> uh, and I have a DJ page on Facebook. So I'm facebook.com slash DJ Cosmic Amanda. Mm-hmm. Cosmic Amanda is my DJ name. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I, I'm Quonky on Twitter. Uh, that's where the real magic happens (laughs) you're hilarious you can hear all of my brain farts about fundraising and trying to run a nonprofit and just life in San Francisco in general which
0: is never boring. No there's always something happening. There truly is Um, thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk finally. I know. So weird finally you're a guest on the show Um, and uh, we will hopefully talk to you in 2020 yeah definitely That was Amanda Guest, uh, the founder and the general manager of BFF.FM, a community radio station here in San Francisco that you can find Bitch Talk on. I thought you were asking me because I was like, you're asking me to recall something a like few yes. hours ago. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I need help. I need help, y'all. Um, but yeah, Bitch Talk is on there every Monday from 530 to six yeah she's the she's the little is it the little train that could i don't even know little engine that could wow there little engine uh the little engine that could and um i like what they're doing over at bff so yeah there's a... there's some good as the uh people in the business world because we're at wharton uh say good synergy there <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I I dig what they do, and I mean she she started it just wanting to have a community radio station, and so. And, and kudos to her too, because there's there's a lot of little you know kind of mom and pop community stations around here, but it's like she's got a lot going on. It's putting a drop in the bucket. It's mm-hmm. you know making a splash. Yeah, yep. And so she's doing so it. That's cool. I'm just thankful we can be on there because we swear a lot. So <laughs> we can't be on the other community radio stations because they're actually, they're on the, the airwaves and the FCC is watching them. So, um, But thanks, Amanda, for being on. Uh, if anyone would like to give to BFF.fm, please do. You can find them at BFF.fm. They have uh, a bunch of different places where you can support them. Um, I think there's one level that's $10 a month, uh, which is kind of nothing. And you can just, I think it's like the monthly sustainer or something. And um, do it. Support the goddamn radio community in San Francisco. Support us. Support, support Bitch Talk. <laughs> um, any hoodles. Uh, thanks to Amanda. Thanks to BFF for being awesome. Thanks to Shar for uh, manning, quote unquote, the, uh, the controls over there. And for being, just a few knobs. And just and being in charge of these really cool headsets <laughs> that is really hard to get used to, but I like it. And uh you can find us at bitch talkpodcast.com. Again, you can find us at bff.fm every Monday from 530 to 6. We are powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch please. <laughs>